One of the most important financial decisions that you can make is buying life insurance, especially if you have people who depend on your income. It could be a spouse, an aging parent, children, or even a business partner, which is why I recommend term life insurance from Policy Genius. It's cheap and easy to set up. And Policy Genius is where I went to to get my policy, and they made it so incredibly easy. I had a simple phone call, answered some questions, and I was completely set up. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million worth of coverage. And some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk to Shauna Compton-Game about how to master your money mindset when it comes to setting your money goals. And welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of MasterMoney.co. And today on the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to be talking to Shauna Compton Game about how to master your money mindset when it comes to setting your money goals. If you guys have any questions, make sure you hit us up on Instagram or TikTok at MasterMoneyCo and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget, Index Fund Pro just released. We are so incredibly excited to share Index Fund Pro with you guys. So make sure you check it out in the show notes below, or you can go to mastermoney.co slash index fund pro. This is our investing 101 course. So if you're new to investing or you're thinking about investing and just want to learn how it works, Index Fund Pro is absolutely amazing. And it's going to be over 30 lessons teaching you how to invest your dollars step by step. And we break it down. If you've never thought about investing ever before in your life, Index Fund Pro will walk you through that. Or if you're a little more advanced, we talk about some advanced strategies as well. So this is the course, Investing 101, for most people who want to learn how to invest, who want to put their dollars to work so that they can build generational wealth for them and their families. Index Fund Pro is ready to go. Now today, this is part two of a two-part series that Shauna and I put together. The first part is on 
Shauna's podcast, and her podcast is called Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. So I encourage you, we're going to link that up down below so that you can check out that episode first. That is me on her show. We are talking about the tactical strategies of setting goals and exactly what you need to be doing when you're setting goals. Then Shauna is going to talk about the money mindset side. So this side is incredibly important because I think that building wealth is actually 90% mental and 10% actually what you know. It is more important to understand some of this money mindset stuff as well. And then you put the tactics in place so that you can achieve any goal that you want in life. So we are so incredibly excited to do this two-part series. Shauna is a master at money mindset. She is incredible at teaching this stuff. And her show really lays that out. It lays out money mindset, teaches you how to think through money. But in addition, we're going to go through a bunch of different things. We're going to be going through your money psychology. We're going to be going through how your upbringing can actually impact the way you make decisions with your money. We're going to talk about how you can have a major impact on your wealth going forward by changing your money mindset and how you can literally think yourself into achieving a goal. There's so many different things that we're going to talk about in this episode. This is so incredibly valuable. I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Shauna to the Personal Finance Podcast. So Shauna, welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. So we are so incredibly excited to have you here because we're doing a two-part series. Uh, the first one is on your podcast, and then the second one is on this podcast here, and we are going to talk through goals and goal setting and all these different things. But today, I want to talk through some of the mindset that we have to have when we're setting goals and how we can actually kind of think through some of this stuff as well. And you have an amazing podcast. On your podcast, Everyone's Talking Money. You talk about all things money, but a lot of your episodes also talk about money mindset and the psychology behind money as well, which is so incredibly important important when it comes to building wealth. So today I want to dive into all of that stuff. But before we do that, can you tell us about your love for teaching personal finance and how all of this got started? Yeah. I mean, the story is like twisty and windy as most people's stories are. But uh, when I was in college, actually, I went to college at Indiana University. And at that time, I thought I wanted to be a film producer. And so I thought, okay, I got to do something like different to set myself apart. And I came up with the idea at the time, it was the first national student film festival. And I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, we managed to create a nonprofit. We raised about a quarter million dollars every year. We had Hollywood guests out. Um, we had, you know, students who got jobs and internships in the industry. But, you know, during that time was really where I crafted I would call it like my resourcefulness around money and learning how to think about money and think about budgets and think about what I wanted to spend money on and how to pay people and kind of all these skills. I really didn't know what they were. <laughs> I didn't know why I had them. And uh, I sold the festival about five years in after I graduated college, went back and got an MBA and then was you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And my father had always been in the finance industry and he had a small company and he was like, you know, I'm kind of bored. Like, why don't you come and see, you know, if we can work together? And so day one, we were meeting with someone who had like $100 million in assets. And, you know, we worked with people who had, you know, nothing. They were just starting out to people who had these like massive estates. And what I got to see was, how similar we all are, how similar we are in the hangups, how similar we are in the thinking. Uh, and that's really where kind of my love of talking about mindset and relationship with money kind of came from because 
that was the spark that really created change in people. And I have so many different stories. I became a certified financial planner. I'm non-practicing now. This is what I love to do is to podcast and talk about money this way. But having that experience of 12 plus years of really seeing intimately into people's lives, into their money, into their wealth building journey, I think is like a huge gift that I was given because it allowed me to figure out where in the world do we all get stuck. So this kind of really comes back into this conversation around goals. I absolutely love that. And I think that is incredible that you can see so many different financial situations and really see what people are struggling with and finding out, hey, a lot of this stuff is the same, whether you are just starting out or you have $100 million, There's a lot of different concepts and principles that you can follow to kind of get to that same point. And like you and I both talked about before, a lot of times success with money is based on your psychology and your psychology is one of the most important things when it comes to having success with your money. And we need to really shape the way we actually think about money and craft the way we think and act and feel about money. So how can we develop a healthy relationship with money in these three areas? This is really the X factor, like I was saying. I mean, this is what most people don't talk about when they're talking about personal finance. And so, you know, when we look at money, I say money touches all aspects of our lives. So we really need to think about it from that perspective. And it's the reason why so many of us, you know, set goals that we don't end up achieving, or maybe we get in debt, we get out of debt, and then we get back into debt, or whatever it might be. Like we keep kind of spinning in these cycles, and we're trying to figure out, like, why is none of this working? <laughs> and it's really this mindset, this relationship with money is, I believe, the X factor. It's really the thing that I have seen create change. And I don't know why we don't have more conversations about this because I think it's so powerful. You know, our money personality and really that kind of coincides with our subconscious, right? It is set by the age of seven. So by the age of seven, we already have this identity around money. And like, I don't know about you, Andrew, but you know, for myself, like I don't remember a whole lot before age seven. <laughs> and so to think like that that time period is so powerful that we had been collecting all of these messages around money, you know, how our family talked about money, what was happening in society, what we were seeing, what we were experiencing, those all kind of got just lodged into our brains and our bodies and created this relationship with money. And so until we kind of stop and have these timeouts and have some awareness over what is my relationship with money, we can't start to break some of these blocks and obstacles and different things. So for me, this is a really important uh, practice and it goes just beautifully with you know the message that was on when you were on my show about how we actually set these routines. So this is kind of like the other piece, you know, we can set the routines, but then how do we get our mindset around them to really make them happy? And it's tricky. It's very tricky. I'm going to tell you, it's like definitely a journey. <laughs> Absolutely. It is one of the trickiest things to do. And But once you start to master this and you can kind of figure out what your money personality is, you can really open up to figuring out what you want to do next to build wealth, what your priorities are, and how you can kind of change some of the habits that maybe were ingrained in you uh, very early on that you do not want to continue having as you progress in life. So this is one of the most powerful things that you can do. And your show has some amazing episodes talking about this as well. And so one of the big things is getting over money mistakes. And really learning to forgive yourself and figuring out how to move forward when you have a bunch of money mistakes or hurdles that you have to overcome. So how can we get past some of our money mistakes so that we can move forward to build wealth? 
There's a couple of things here that I want to talk about when it comes to money mistakes. You know, one is just that we all make money mistakes. I mean, I am a certified financial planner and I've made every money mistake imaginable. (laughs) And so, you know, I think it's important to talk about from that perspective because there's this idea, I believe, that you have to be perfect with money, that there is like this 10-step plan or whatever it might be, and you have to follow all of these steps. I mean, that is just complete BS in my book. Uh, You know, money is personal, right? It's personal finance. Your show is literally called that. So it's personal. You pick and choose what works for you. And so I think it's important to understand that everyone, I don't care your age, your demographic, how much money you have, we have all made basically the same version of money mistakes, right? There isn't anything truly original. So kind of bringing your mistakes like out from that hiding spot that you might have put them in and have some sort of acceptance like it's okay. There's nothing wrong with me. A practical exercise I do is something called financial forgiveness. And, you know, we talked about when you were on my show about the power of writing down when you're setting goals. And I I gave some stat like you're nine times more likely to achieve them if you write them down, right? So we already know like getting something from your head on paper is so powerful. So the same thing goes when we're talking about money mistakes. So I have this exercise and I actually do this frequently where I set a timer for like 15 minutes. I get a piece of paper or you could get, you know, Word doc or, you know, notes app on your phone, anything that works for you. And you literally just, without thinking, write down every single thing that comes to mind. You know, and all those negative things around money, those are the ones that are just floating like right at the top, right? So they're really easy to access. And you just get it out without judging yourself. Once that timer's done, right, I'm telling my brain like, okay, I'm turning off. Like these things no longer have an importance in my life. And with that piece of paper, I usually burn it. That's just kind of my method. But, you know, you could shred it. You could cut it up. You could throw it in the trash, whatever works for you. But there is also a scientific study or evidence, I should say, behind not only getting it out from your head on paper, but then also the act of getting rid of, right? It does something powerful in our brains of saying, okay, these things are over and done. Like I can start creating new habits, new routines, Uh, And new thoughts and feelings around money starting like right now. So it may seem like super trivial, but I would really encourage anyone listening, like just, you know, what's 15 minutes, right? Just give it a try and see how it changes kind of your thinking and your feeling around money to just release some of those mistakes. I love that exercise. And I think that's one thing we're really kind of getting some of those thoughts out. And really, sometimes we don't even understand that that's kind of what we're thinking in the back of our head and getting some of that stuff out so that you can kind of get some clarity with your money. And clarity is so incredibly powerful when you do some of this stuff. And I absolutely love that. And you said you got to really forgive yourself for mistakes because a lot of times everybody makes mistakes. I have made more. There's probably 10 Amazon boxes at my door right now because I made a mistake yesterday of buying 10 things. So it's just one of those things where over time we all make mistakes, even the people who teach money or the people who have been doing this for a very long time, they all make mistakes. Nobody has a perfect month. Nobody is perfect when it comes to building wealth. And you just got to understand that as you kind of go through this process. And one big thing is, and you talk about this on your show all the time, which I absolutely love, is our upbringing has a major impact on how we build wealth. And we talked about this a little bit earlier as well. And the way your family talked about money, the way your family 
dealt with money through different situations, all really, really matters. So this is a big key. Like right now, I think about this a lot as my kids are young, because like you said, by the time you turn age seven, you really have a lot of this ingrained into your brain. So how can we identify what our money personality is, especially when we look back at our upbringing? Yeah, your money story is so powerful. Like Gary gave that statistic about, you know, before age seven. And, you know, your money story is just really a collection of everything that you kind of picked up as a kid. It could be the environment you were in, you know, if your parents always fought about money or, you know, maybe you lived a very sort of lavish life and you never actually learned about money. It was just sort of this idea that you were supposed to like through osmosis understand how to build wealth and how all this works. And then everything kind of in between those two scenarios is really important. So, you know, what we're doing right now is we're kind of like we're bringing things out from the shadows. So the first process is really having that awareness, like starting to think about, okay, what is my first money memory as a kid? What do I remember? What was the environment? Was there yelling? Was there laughter? Was there fun? Um, You know, really thinking about everything that kind of went on when you were a kid and thinking about it from the perspective of there's no judgment placed on it, right? So that's really important because it's super easy when we talk about money to go to shame, fear, guilt, you know, regret, all of those negative emotions. So let's just start bringing things out and thinking about them from they happened. I can't change them. This is what they are. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to look at, you know, those situations, those parallels between what happened then and maybe what am I doing now with my money, right? So for instance, I'll give you an example and then I'll dive into the money personalities. But when I was a kid, we would go on vacations and we would have a great time. But then we would be like on the plane ride coming home and my dad would have like the list of all the expenses, you know, from the hotel. And he'd be like, $20 for sunscreen or you spent how much on a grilled cheese sandwich? I mean, the whole, you know, time we were coming home. And so what I learned as a kid was you can't actually just spend money and enjoy something, right? You have to always then kind of criticize it and be upset at how you spent your money. So in adulthood, like, you know, I'd go out to eat with my husband and we'd have a nice dinner. And then, you know, literally like the minute we got out of the restaurant, I'd be like, well, that was great. But like, we spent $75 like that, you know, and so I would do the same thing. And so it was really like this process of recognizing, oh my gosh, I'm literally just repeating habits. And how is that habit inhibiting my ability to achieve goals, build wealth, you know, all of those things. So when we talk about money personalities, there's really like four key personalities, right? So a risk taker. And just like it says, like, this is the person who's like, you know, we talked about when you were on my show where you were like, I have this goal of hitting a million dollars in net worth by age of 30, right? That's a risk taker. Like, I'm just kind of going for it. Then we have a minimalist, which makes sense. Minimalist is like super conservative, I'm going to, you know, maybe keep too much money in my emergency fund. Maybe I'm not going to invest, right? And then we have maximalists. This is actually what I am. And this is like a go big or go home. Like <laughs> You just kind of like go for things and sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't, right? 
And then you have anxious spender. This is what my husband is. And, you know, this person is just nervous about anything that we spend money on. You know, it's always like, was this right? Should we, should we buy this? Should we not buy this? And so they kind of, you know, operate in the world from this real kind of anxious perspective, which then it's hard to build, you know, kind of a positive mindset around money. So those are really like the four key personalities. And we all more or less kind of fall into one of those. And it's important to just recognize who you are and then also understand, okay, what are the pros and what are some of the cons of this personality? And how do I see that play out with my money kind of on a daily, monthly, weekly, yearly basis, right? So it's this whole process is just about like bringing awareness to what's actually going on because when we have the awareness, then we can actually like start to create the behavior to change that. Absolutely. And that is one of the most powerful things is having some of these identities where you can kind of think through, hey, this is something that I'm actually doing. This is how I was brought up. And it kind of reminds me when you were talking about, you know, how we kind of do similar things that our parents did growing up. It reminds me of that progressive commercial where people are kind of thinking they're doing what their parents did. And they, you know, they have the same sayings and the same mannerisms and all that kind of stuff. And when you go through that, it's the same thing with your money. And people really don't think through this. It's the same concepts with your money. How you were brought up really is going to shape your mental state when it comes to building wealth or how you think about money. And the same exact thing happened for me where growing up, there was just certain things that my parents did that now I took where they were very frugal very early on. I became very frugal early on. Um, there's just a lot of little things that you can see that go together with this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to Indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash personal finance. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. 
Have you been using Mint for your finances? Well, there's been some mixed reviews, and Mint is winding down, transitioning users to Credit Karma, which frankly isn't as comprehensive. But don't worry, because I've found a fantastic alternative that I've been loving called Monarch Money. And Monarch is a top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. And you can create custom budgets, you can track your progress towards financial goals, and my favorite part, you can collaborate with your partner. And now, listeners for this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to Monarch money.com slash pfp and after trying out monarch for myself i understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app and right now listeners to this show will get that extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pfp that's m-o-n-a-r-c-h-m-o-n-e-y.com slash pfp for your extended 30-day free trial go to monarchmoney.com slash pfp Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, N.A., or Stride Bank, N.A., members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. As we start to think about setting our goals and we want to set up our goals so that we can be successful, how do we overcome some of these limiting beliefs that we were taught as we were growing up? I think first, you know, it's I'm going to keep saying this over and over because I think it's so important is the awareness. So it's like when you go to a doctor, right? And you've got something wrong with you. And the doctor's like asking all of these questions like, well, does it hurt, you know, when you do this? Or how long have you had the cough for? Whatever it might be, right? So to some extent, we kind of have to play our own doctors when it comes to money and really sort of assess what went on? What were some of those sayings? You know, I think some of the popular ones are like, don't spend that money all in one place, right? Just kind of like an innocent saying, or money doesn't grow on trees, very like kind of innocent saying. But when it's repeated over and over again, it starts to make an imprint in your brain. And you start making the correlation like, oh, money doesn't grow on trees. So I like I shouldn't spend my money or, you know, it starts to shape how you think, act, and feel about money. So I think, you know, the first thing is just really understanding what has gone on. And, you know, I have a journaling practice. I have lots of questions I talk about on my show of just kind of prompts to help you maybe start writing some of this out. Uh, You know, we talked already about your earliest money memory. We could talk about, you know, what was your dad's relationship with money to like? What was your mom's relationship to money like? Another question that I ask a lot, like specifically when we're talking about goal setting and kind of thinking about how do we make this happen is a very simple yet very complex question of how does money make you feel, right? It seems very just kind of surfacey, but there are so many different layers. You know, if you say, God, well, Money always makes me feel nervous, okay? So let's dive a little bit further. Why? You know, what is attached to that? Well, you know, maybe I'm afraid that, you know, like I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I'm always afraid like everything's just going to go away. (laughs) 
even though I know logically that's not going to happen, but that's kind of where my brain goes. Okay, like, why do I have that belief? Where does that come from? You know, so I always say, like, ask yourself why seven more times, right? Kind of dig a little bit deeper and see if you can get to the root. Like, what is really going on? What is the actual real belief system that is getting in the way of me being able to look at this goal I have and saying, okay, I got this. I can break this down into little steps. I can make this happen, right? But so often what we do with our goals is we set the goal and then we immediately go to, well, I can't do that. It's not possible. I've done all these things. I've never been able to achieve, I'm not even, you know, and then we just never make any progress. So it's really just spending some time. This is as important as setting up your budget of, you know, looking over your net worth, like all of those important things. This is as important of a process to just continually check in with yourself and see like what's going on in my brain, what's going on in my body, what kind of thoughts are coming to mind that maybe, you know, are stopping me or limiting my ability to just actually do the things that I need to do to bring this goal to success. And I absolutely love that idea of kind of thinking through this and writing it down in a journal and kind of really just getting it out on paper so that you can think through some of this stuff and just get it out of your head. It's kind of one of those things where uh, you can kind of work with it a little bit more as you do that and as you go through that process. And as we start to think through some of this stuff, we think about maybe what our money identity was as we grew up and some of these other things. As we start to set goals, what are some important questions that we need to ask ourselves first? Wow, that's a really, really great question. And there are so many different ways we can go with this. So I think, again, the most important one is how does money make me feel, right? We also really want to think about, I always call it this, and people are like, what is that? But I always say, what is your number, right? To you personally, what is that number that is going to make you be able to live the life you want to live? I think especially with social media now, it's so easy to get in the trap of attaching to somebody else's ideals or somebody else's vision, specifically if we see them, you know, achieving big money goals. Like we think, you know, that should be the thing that I want, but not all of us want to live the same version of life. So maybe you want to live in a smaller place where the cost of living is a lot less and you're passionate about, um, I'm just making this all up, but let's just say like you're passionate about working for a nonprofit and your version of life just costs a lot less than someone else's version of life. It's important to understand that. So you're not making these decisions with your money that are just not right for you, right? And so I think that's really important is thinking about what is my number? What is enough for me? And really thinking it through, not just kind of throwing out, you know, a random number. I mean, it's really easy to be like, well, a million bucks, of course. <laughs> and so, you know, I always say my follow-up is always like, why? Why that number, right? Like, let's get super detailed because the more detailed we get, just like you talk about in your money routine, right? The more detailed we get about this, just the more clarity we have to our vision. So how does my money make me feel? You know, what is my number? And then I also think the other question is, why? Why do I want to achieve a specific goal? Why is that goal important to me? So there's also a lot of studies behind, you know, money can kind of exist in this vacuum, right? It's one of the reasons why we set a budget and a lot of times we just fall off the wagon. We don't end up doing it because there isn't a feeling behind it. There isn't like a motivating factor that makes us super excited to get in there and like check in on our numbers. So attach a why, like, why am I doing this, right? Why do I want to achieve this goal? Let's just pick, most people have a goal of like paying off debt. 
And logically, we can understand we want to pay off debt because we want to build wealth. Well, that's fantastic. But why personally? How is that going to change your life? How is that going to make you feel, right? What is going to happen on the other side of paying off debt? Those are really strong motivating factors. That why is really strong. And if you can connect into that, the likelihood of you staying on track of those daily, weekly, monthly steps that you need to take is far greater than just having kind of that lofty goal of, well, I want to pay off my debt, right? There isn't enough like juice behind it. So I will say like those are probably some of the most important questions to just kind of constantly sit and like ponder and make sure that you're crafting the vision that's really right for you and your life. Those are two incredibly powerful things to know. When you know what your number is going to be and why you want that number and why you're actually doing all of this stuff, why are you actually building wealth and putting in the time and the work to be able to do this? That is one of the most powerful things that you can know. And then just knowing that why is going to actually help propel you to the next level, which is just so incredibly powerful. Once people realize this, it almost seems like a light bulb goes off in their head. We're like, now I have something that I'm going towards and I can actually go after this. And knowing those types of things is just one of the most powerful things that you can do. Now, a lot of times when people set goals, they have roadblocks in the way. And some people have been setting the same goal for years and years and years, and they really can't get over that hump. They can't get over the hurdle. Maybe there's just roadblocks in their way. So what should we do in order to ensure that we can get past whatever roadblock is in our way when it comes to our goals? I'll tell you a little story. Um, this is kind of a powerful example. And whenever I tell the story, people are like, no way, this could not have happened. But I worked with a couple about 10 years ago and they lived in Hollywood, California in like a rent controlled apartment. So their rent was very low. It was like sub $1,000. And they made very good money. So between the two of them, I think they made somewhere around like $150,000, $175,000. So they didn't have a lot of expenses. They didn't have a car payment. I think they had one small student loan. But, you know, other than just groceries and paying utilities, like really small expenses. And so they actually hired me and they were like, you know, we want to buy a house. But we have been trying to do this for like four or five years, and we just can't figure out why in the world can we not save money to buy this house? And I said, great. Okay. Do you have a budget? And they're like, yeah, sure. Handed me a piece of paper. And I was like, well, when was the last time you updated this or looked at the numbers? Like, why would we do that? <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair question. So, you know, I did my process that I was hired to do. And I, this is something that anybody listening can do. It's super easy. I take you know, two or three bank statements, went and scrubbed through with highlighters and like a glass of wine and started like categorizing all the expenses. You know, how much did they spend, you know, on entertainment, on shopping, on all of these different things. And so I got these numbers and then I compared it against the sheet of paper that they had. So I always tell people that the way we were traditionally taught a budget is just going to fail, right? Because it's all like projecting forward. It's not reality. So we need the reality of what actually did happen and to compare and contrast those two. So what I found was, and this is something where all of us are just universally alike, they had budgeted $300, about $300, $350 eating out every month. They said they like love to go eat out with their friends. They love to treat their friends. And so this was the reality they thought they were living. But when I compared what actually was happening, they were actually spending about $3,000 to $4,000 a month eating out. Now, I know it's like, there's no way. Like, how could you not know, right? But this is what happens in our brains when it comes to money. We can literally convince ourselves in or out of anything, 
So when they had kind of that aha moment, they were able to kind of get over that hurdle that they'd been on. And within six months, they had enough money to have the down payment to buy a house, right? This is something they like struggled with for four years. So hurdles happen to all of us, right? And it's just really easy to kind of like put our blinders on and just close our eyes to things that maybe we don't want to see. That's just a natural human habit. So I would say, you know, there's no shame in like hiring somebody, you know, like a money expert to help you, you know, for an hour or a couple hours, just kind of look through everything from a different perspective and maybe see what you can't see. So that's a great like practical way to kind of get around a roadblock. But one of the best ways is just to do the process that I'm talking about, like specifically if it's around a money goal that you haven't been able to achieve, look at your numbers, be a detective, right? See what is actually going on with your money. Again, not from a judgmental perspective, but more from like, a, ah, okay, I see it. Like I see these areas where maybe things are kind of falling off and maybe I need to set some better kind of boundaries around those. So I always tell people like with money and roadblocks, we have choices. So in that like couple's example, they could have chosen to be like, you know what? No, we love going out to dinner. We love treating our friends. We're just now know what the number is. Like, all right. Or they could have, you know, made a decision of I want to create a change, create a new uh, behavior, a new pattern, new routine, whatever it might be. And that's what they chose. But the cool thing is that all of us, when we come up against a roadblock, we have a choice. We can decide what we want to do. And there isn't a right way or a wrong way. There's just whatever way works for you. So those are just a couple of things just more practically that I think about when it comes to roadblocks, but just knowing that roadblocks are going to happen, you know, and just sit down and really think about, okay, why is this happening? Like what is going on? Be that detective and see what you can find kind of behind the scenes. I love that idea. And I think that it really reminds me of a lot of folks when, when I've talked to them before about their budgets or their money. They go through the process and there's always something that they really spend way more than they actually think they do. And it's because they've, like you said, convinced themselves that maybe it's much less than it actually is. And a lot of times it is food related. I've seen grocery bills where people think they spend $400 a month on groceries and they're spending 2000 and there's just so many different little things, especially if there's small transactions involved in some of this stuff where people just can kind of convince themselves. And it's incredible once they unlock this, how many things that they can achieve just by having a second set of eyes, like you said, or somebody else looking at this. But you can go through this exercise yourself. And I love going through this exercise a lot of times in auditing my financials just because it truly can help you achieve those goals that you're really trying to go after. And this is usually what your financial roadblock is, is that's either, you know, you need to cut back somewhere, you need to increase your income. It's one of those two things. And so making sure that you do the things to get there is one of the most powerful things that you can do. One cool thing that you talk about in your show also is creating moments of money mindfulness. So can you talk about what this is and how we can do this in our everyday lives? Yeah, so mindfulness is just kind of this big lofty word for paying attention, right? Just kind of this idea of like paying attention to what's going on. And specifically around money, there are a lot of negative emotions, fear, shame, guilt. We've talked about a lot of these emotions that come up for us. And we often feel them in our body, but we don't recognize kind of what's going on. Maybe our heart starts to race, right? Maybe our brain's kind of going crazy. Maybe we're going down the spiral of like, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills and then I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get kicked out of my house and like all these kind of crazy things that happen to us. There are lots of different feelings that we can have in our body when negative emotions come up around money, but it doesn't have to be a negative emotion. It could be a positive emotion, right? So mindfulness is just this idea of paying attention to what's going on, right? So when I talk about money mindfulness, it's understanding, you know, the choices that I make, why I make them and creating moments of pause, right? So 
if I'm feeling really anxious, maybe the car just like needs four new tires and I'm like, oh my God, like this is going to be like a thousand dollars. And, you know, I start kind of going down that train of just everything's bad. Everything's wrong. I create these moments of pause, right? And so it's getting your brain out of the loop of just constantly thinking about money. I have one of those brains that just hyper focuses on numbers. It's really great as a financial planner when I was practicing because I could just really see like between the lines what was happening. But personally speaking, (laughs) it is kind of a disaster because I can just start subtracting money in my head, you know, and it's just is not very helpful. So I've got to create a moment of money mindfulness where I have to do something different, right? I either have to do a breathing exercise, like a short, just something to kind of jog my brain out of it. Maybe I've got to look at nature. Maybe I need to go out for a walk. Maybe I need to like blast my favorite, you know, music song that I love and just have, like I've got to do something to break that cycle that is happening in my brain. And so you can use money mindfulness too. Like I keep going back to this idea of paying off debt, but it's like the most practical example. So let's say that my big goal is I want to pay off debt, right? That's something that I know why I want to do it. I know what's on the other side, but I keep spending money on stuff. So I can use mindfulness to help myself in those moments, right? I could create like a 24-hour kind of cart rule on my shopping. Like maybe I put everything in the cart and I wait 24 hours And then if I come back and I still really want it, like, okay, I've at least thought about it, you know? So there's all these different things you can do, but it's literally creating these moments of noticing, of awareness, of pausing in between the thought behind money and the action behind money, right? And so it's just to really kind of continually work on your relationship so that you aren't doing things or as many things, because you're still going to do things, but as many things that are sabotaging your goal or sabotaging your mental health. And, you know, just trying to get you a place to remember that money is this tool. It's not everything. I understand that gives you options, that it buys a lot of things, but we just can't make money be our entire universe. Absolutely. And I think that coming up with that pause and figuring out ways to get that pause when you're really just thinking about money all the time. Cause the same thing happens for me. If something big happens that I did not expect to happen, I'm just thinking about it constantly. And one big thing, like you said, for me is movement where I love to either exercise or do something along those lines, where it just kind of gets my head out of that zone. And I could kind of reset my brain at the same time. And this is a big piece when it comes to our money is that our money is 90% mental and 10% head knowledge. And you and I both kind of agree on this where This is why I really try to motivate people when on this show is because motivation kind of comes first and then giving them that head knowledge is the second part of it because I truly believe changing your behavior is one of the biggest things that you can do instead of just kind of knowing this stuff because anybody can kind of understand this stuff and some of it is even simple, but at the same time, you know, making sure that you change your behavior is one of the biggest things that you can do. So how can you literally think yourself in or out of achieving a goal? Well, this could totally go back to our childhood too, you know, how we were raised and how we just thought about money from that perspective. Like really understanding your money personality is an important piece of thinking yourself in or out of a specific goal. It's super easy with money to go to the negative. I mean, it's just, it almost doesn't even require a moment of a thought, right? We're, we're immediately thinking we're not going to be able to achieve things. So I'm a big like list person too. Uh, you know, anything that I can do to really just kind of like jog my brain. So, you know, something I use is a this, not that, right? So if, you know, my goal is to pay off debt, maybe my this is, okay, I'm going to put $20 into my extra credit card payment every single week. Like that is the positive I'm going to make. 
versus the negative thought of I'm never going to get out of debt, right? So I'm always trying to come up with if I've got something negative that's popping into my brain, can I somehow switch that to a positive? Can I think about something that is either motivating, that's going to make me feel good, or is that, you know, going to, um, kind of propel me forward. Like I'm a big fan of creating rewards in my budget. I call it a cash spending plan, but we'll use the word budget. But, um, you know, creating a reward, like a reward for, you know, your system of your money routine system, right? Like build yourself in something small that you can reward yourself for kind of keeping on these different tasks is really big in helping me be able to keep this kind of positive mindset around money, seeing progress happen. But it's funny because we focus so much on the how-to, and this is really what kind of got me out of being a financial planner and more into a financial educator because financial planning is all about the how-to. But you know, someone could pay you three to $5,000 for a financial plan, and the chances of them actually following through and making any of that happen, so very, very, very slim. So it just seemed ridiculous to me, right? Let's work on that mindset piece and let's talk about money story and let's talk about financial forgiveness and all of these different factors that go into giving you at least a fighting chance at having more of a positive mindset around money so that then when you set these goals, you can kind of work on changing that thinking. Like, I could do this. You know, I could put $20 every week extra onto my credit card. Like, that's totally doable. I can make a choice. I can decide not to go eat out that one time. I didn't really like their food anyway. So why, you know, why am I going to that restaurant? Like, let me take that money and do something a little bit more powerful with my money. So I can literally think myself that way or I could go the negative direction of, well, I'm just going to go eat there anyway and spend the money because it doesn't matter. I'm never going to get out of debt, right? So it's just understanding and recognizing that you have choice in so many different aspects when it comes to your money. Absolutely. And it's, it's just getting over some of those negative thoughts and really just understanding how powerful your mind can truly be when it comes to money is one of the best things that you can do. And I absolutely love that. And your show talks about this all the time, which I love because psychology is so incredibly important. And we try to talk about that as much as possible, just so people can understand how they can actually drive themselves to build wealth just by using their money psychology. So this is absolutely one of the most powerful things that you can do. So do you have any tricks if someone is setting some really large goals on how they can kind of break them down so it doesn't seem like such a daunting task? Yeah, I have like similar thinking to what you share and what you shared on my show too. You know, we've got to break it down, right? We can't, you know, if we have this like big lofty goal of, you know, I want to save like $50,000 for a down payment on a house, the chances of us actually getting there are, you know, fairly small. There might be like a few, you know, select people in the world that are just totally groovy with like a big goal and they're able to achieve it. But we have to do just like your money routine system talks about, right? We have to break it down into monthly, weekly, even daily goals. You know, what are the choices that I'm going to make that are going to move me closer to that? What are the choices in my thinking and what are the choices in my spending or saving that is going to move me closer to that? You know, and there isn't anything really original when it comes to money, right? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty basic, right? We either have to spend less or earn more. Like if we break it down, those are pretty much our only options. And so, you know, there's obviously very, there's a lot of complexities into both of those, but we have to be able to break these big goals down into small little chunks that feel like we can do them. So you talked about on my show, this idea of, you know, wanting to work out like six days a week. 
And although you wouldn't normally think that has like a monetary component to it, it does because working out is probably going to help you maybe not have disease going forward, which is going to lower your health insurance. You know, we can always bring this back to money. So, you know, thinking about that, like you break that down every day, right? And you talked about this idea of like checking off, you know, each day so you could see like, okay, I'm progressing towards my six days a week that's helping with my mental health and all sorts of things like that, right? So we do that same thing if we have a big money goal. It's just let's break it down. Let's just get the calculator out. Let's figure out what's going to work with our cash flow. And let's break it down into something where we can continually keep doing the same action over and over again. And then we can start to see the progress. And once your brain starts to see the progress, it doesn't have to be a lot. It's going to switch on to like, you totally have got this, right? You can do this. Keep going. So, you know, any goal that you have, you want to take a trip, you want to buy a house, you want to pay off debt, any goal that you have, think about how you can chunk it down into monthly, weekly, or even daily action steps or savings goals, spending or savings goals that is going to get you to that place. And also I would say like be realistic. You know, if your goal is like $50,000 you want to save for a down payment, um, you know, you're probably not going to achieve that unless you make a ton of money in a couple of months. So let's also like give ourselves some grace. <laughs> and when we say we want to have achieved that goal, like make it possible for yourself to get there. It could be total stretch. I mean, there's nothing wrong with stretching the goal. But make it something where you can actually see this is going to come to life. And you and I totally align on this. It's just taking those big goals, breaking them down into small, actionable steps so that you can get to that point. And I encourage everybody to listen to um, the part where we're talking about this on Shauna's podcast as well, because this is really what we're breaking down um, is talking through some of this stuff and how you can break those big goals down into small chunks. So, Shauna, what is one big thing that you've done in your life that has led to the most success with your money goals? Oh, I mean, everything that we're talking about here, <laughs> you know, uh, I created a money mindset journal, like primarily for myself, but, you know, I ended up turning it into a product to help other people. And it is this idea of really every day, like setting a goal, setting um, some action steps towards that goal, thinking about my mindset, like what is going on in my brain right now around money and life? Like, you know, am I thinking a certain way? Am I feeling anxious? Just what is going on and having that awareness, you know, so like days where maybe I'm feeling a little bit more anxious or fearful to money, probably not a good day for me to make some money decisions, right? Probably a day for me to just like work through that and try to find these moments of money mindfulness of where I can just kind of breathe and relax and separate myself. So, you know, really understanding like what's going on. Um, I mean, this all just comes under this umbrella of your relationship with money and understanding that that is as powerful of a component as the how-to with money. And when you put those two pieces together, that is really how you supercharge things. And that was just the biggest game changer for me. And so, you know, I saw other other people do this when I was working with them. And I was like, well, why don't I try this for myself? It's kind of like a brilliant idea. And so when I did, I was like, oh, this actually works. But I think, you know, also I really want everyone to just remember that this is all a journey, that you don't ever arrive to this place where you're like, well, I've saved all the money, I've made all the money, my mindset is perfect, my relationship is great, everything's great, I'm just going to sit back and coast. Like you don't hit that place. This is a constant kind of evolution. So 
be more curious in this process. You know, have more fun with this. Don't look at wealth building as this, you know, crazy thing that's just never going to happen. Like have fun. Have fun with the mistakes. Have fun on those days when your mindset is just completely backwards about money and know that it's okay. You can make a different choice tomorrow or change your thinking. That's absolutely amazing. And I agree. Once those two align, all of a sudden, everything in your life can change, especially when it comes to your money. It's just like a supercharged mindset that really you can really start to catapult yourself to building wealth. So, Shauna, this has been absolutely incredible. Before we wrap this episode up, I just want to ask you my favorite question that we ask all of our guests because we get some really cool answers out of this. So what does wealth mean to you? Freedom. (laughs) Sounds really obvious, but um, time and freedom. You know, I like to do things that aren't around podcasting and teaching and talking about money. So, you know, it, wealth gives me the opportunity to um, explore different elements and hobbies and different things that I like without having to make money at them. So I just, I think wealth is about freedom and time. Absolutely. That is absolutely amazing. And I cannot agree more. So thank you so much for coming on, Shauna. This has been absolutely incredible. Where can people find out more about what you have going on from your podcast to your journal and everything else? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You can listen to my show, Everyone's Talking. That's T-A-L-K-I-N. Money uh, on any podcast player that you're listening to now. We have over 900 episodes. So there's literally anything about money you want to learn. We've got an episode for you. Uh, You can also go to my website, everyonestalkingmoney.com. And there you can find out about the Money Mindset Journal and kind of all the other cool things we've got coming up this year. Absolutely. And I encourage every single person to listen to Shauna's podcast. I absolutely love it. And especially when you're looking for some of this mindset stuff as well is one of the best pieces of content out there is listening to Shauna's podcast. So Shauna, thank you so much for coming on. And we truly appreciate this is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money, but everything in life from travel to starting a business is expensive, which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel all while spending less and saving more. It's called all the hacks and it's a top ranked show hosted by my good friend, Chris Hutchins a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.